Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host Shiso Moore. On episode 49, we have a guest that's a former freelance League of Legends head coach who has done work with multiple Master Tier rosters. He is now a streamer and a commentator for LOL, Super Smash Brothers, Ultimate, and Tekken 7. Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew? Or are you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. Yo, everyone, we are super excited. We have a gentleman, William. He's from the Midwest, and you can say commentary, gamer. If you, if you can, if you're on YouTube, you just see his background all the game and and the all the cool toys he's got in the back, man. What's going on, William? Uh, it's going good, man. How are you doing? Super awesome, dude. It is a beautiful day. Yeah, honestly, it's been pretty cool. Actually, like, I've been waking up, and it's crazy how, like, uh, like the past couple of days, this just this just this past week that it was like seven, it was like 70, 80, and then like three days later, it's just like 60, 50, 60 degrees. It's crazy. Just like that fall is yep. here, and it says hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, you know, when you're speeding down the highway, and it's like 80, 90, and it's like, bam, you're going to 50 because you see a cop. That's the yep. exact same reaction the weather had. Mm-hmm. You know, William, Tell us one thing our listeners do not know about you. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I guess you kind of said it already a little bit. Uh, I commentate a lot of e- I t- commentate a lot of esports, League of Legends, Super Smash Bros, Super Smash Bros, Second Seven, uh, Apex. You know, a whole bunch of other games on my stream. Um, that's pretty much it. I make a lot of con. I try to make a lot of content as much as I can, and yeah, I guess that's just, just a little bit more about me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up as a kid did you play on super nintendo no actually uh, so i was i was born in 1995 so i think super nintendo was where i think that was before my time you know i think that was where my brothers kind of played it and uh they kind of got into it but you know you know i think we're both Hmong, and i think last time we talked uh uh you know being being Hmong and being asian our parents weren't too fond of uh video games in general so uh, for me, I grew up with the, I remember my first game was the Game Boy Color, I think, where I would take my brother and, and play Pokemon, play Pokemon Red, Blue. And then from there, we would have a Nintendo 64 that I remember my dad smashed in front of us. What? Yep. And then dive into that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then from then, from then on, we would always, uh, I think my brothers would always try and save to get some game consoles, but then, uh, with my whenever my dad would come home when we were young, we'd always try and hide, make sure he didn't know. So that's what we would do. <laughs> oh man, so guilty of that too. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's another pickup line for you without asking a girl and be- beating the the question around the bush, but uh-huh. asking her what kind of game console she has. Right? If she mm-hmm. say if she has a Nintendo, then you kind of get yeah, she's pretty sure she's slightly older women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's yeah. like Xbox 360. Like she's pretty young, dude. It's yeah, young, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually it's actually funny when you do, when when um when I actually uh when I actually uh, ask a lot of girls who do games and and you kind of get it you kind of figure out what they want like to go for if they're usually a big fan of Nintendo you you realize that they really like a lot of more casual games not more chillax kind of games yeah. if they like the PS4 then they usually are like a big fan of like Final Fantasy or like JRPG games and then if they like if they are a big fan of Xbox or PC then they're kind of hardcore like either they play FPS. Or like they play something super competitive and they really want to try and win. Like it's 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 actually kind of interesting to kind of see the 
uh, the spectrum of like kind of kind of the consoles of people, you know, like guys and girls, whenever you kind of break down what they like. Is there a top three of, uh, I don't want to sound biased or anything, but maybe three or five, someone you follow? Men uh, not, uh, inspired by the, you know, the way they play gameplay? Uh, I, per- personally, for me, I actually don't really follow a lot of players. There's a lot of players that I know that I really enjoy and I really watch, and it's really cool to see. But then actually, I actually have a lot of role models when it comes to commentary, just because that is my niche. Uh, I, I am a, a big fan of uh, Clayton Reigns or uh, many people who know League of Legends. His name is Captain Flowers. He commentates uh, professionally for the uh, LCS or the League Championship Series. I'm also a big fan of Doa, who's also a fellow Minnesotan from, uh, uh, from, from the area, and he also went to school at, in Mankato. Uh, he also commentated a lot back then for StarCraft II, for League of Legends in Korea, and also for uh, Overwatch. But then I think now he's focused on content creation. I think those are my big two. Oh, also a big fan of Papa Smithy, who who is Australian and works in Korea. And of course, I'm Monte Cristo, which is usually Doa's uh, right-hand man and the color commentator for him. Growing up as a kid, you said Super Nintendo? No. No, color, color Game Boy. Game Boy Color. And, Nintendo Game yeah. Boy Color. And then yeah. the... And Nintendo 64. Nintendo and then 64. The PS, and then the PS1. And then the PS1. And then the PS1. So let's go back to that. When did got smashed? Uh, I honestly don't remember. I just remember vaguely that, like, that my brother had an N64, and then he grabbed it, and I remember just, he just, like, throwing it down or, like, doing something with it. Like, I taking it away. I think taking it away. I know he did something with the N64, and we never saw it again. And more than likely, and, and I know that, like, he probably got destroyed, threw in the trash, made sure none of us saw it and like he yelled at all of us and he mainly yelled at my older brothers because i was the youngest and all my older brothers <laughs> the ones who were the game who were gaming i was just the one watching you know yeah i was one who was just kind of like on guard as the youngest making sure like if our dad came home like hey hey if dad's home just uh just uh let us know so we can hide the game and i'm like okay and the, i think there's one time where i didn't i didn't check and then my dad showed up and then he saw us all playing the end before mm-hmm. yeah same similar story yeah uh i i am the biggest gamer as a kid growing up and yeah. I have younger brothers too, who you know, uh, that still games too, and they play leagues and stuff too. Yeah, uh, just for the fun of it. Don't they don't compete in this one? You're joining in it. Mm-hmm. And my dad also like you know found that I was playing game and I was game playing, I'm gaming a lot. We're talking like eight hours, ten hours a day mm-hmm. as yeah, a kid. Yeah. You know, just gaming, just playing video games. And mm-hmm. we're talking role playing games, shooter games, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. especially Zelda. Oh my goodness, yeah. such yeah. an awesome game. And I. Makes you want to bring out like a Super Nintendo and just you know uh, plug that in and just play it just for the memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, as a kid, like playing or even now as a role playing game or any point shooter games? Uh, you know, I, surprisingly, I think uh, when we look at the atmosphere of competitive gamers, uh, people who are in, in esports, a lot of them are actually uh, so far from from the experience that I've had. A lot of them actually don't really enjoy playing single player games or like RPGs or those kind of games actually enjoy games where they can kind of have a have a pretty solid game loop whether that's like league of legends or like another competitive game like valorant or like a dead by daylight i think one of my one of my good friends love playing that or like just like really really casual games where you don't really have to try so hard or understand uh understand the depth of a story but for me personally actually those are the games i i enjoy a lot in my off time uh, it's kind of like uh i like to look at it as in like uh not uh like um watching a tv show right like People would say, why would you play games? But I was like, it's a good story, right? Like, it's, a, it's really good when it comes to graphics. It has a good c- cinematic. Um, the character development's really, really good over the span of, like, you know, 30 to 60 hours or, like, maybe 100 hours. 
So that's kind of like my TV show is playing those kind of long drawn single, single player RPGs or uh, the strategy games, you know? I see. It's been like growing up, you still play game. You still are. Yeah. I see a PC gamer and X, you probably what? I see a switch. You have an Xbox probably 360 also probably. What, what do you got now? Consoles? Uh, consoles. I actually, I'm actually not a big Xbox fan. Okay. The only the only time we had the only time I had an Xbox 360 was when there was the PS3 Xbox 360 era, where the PS3 wasn't the best, and that was the only time I I played Xbox 360. But I know a lot of a lot of my friends who grew up with Call of Duty, and that's where like Xbox 360 is like their their niche. Uh, for me though, I'm always a Sony guy, so of course you get to hear that I have my PC, but I also have my Nintendo Switch right there, and also my PS4. And these those are the three consoles that I really enjoy the most. What's the most time you spend on leagues, maybe? League, I don't know, man. I, I I've been playing since season one, so that's been ten years now. I played since the, since I was a young kid. So let's, let's brag a little bit. How good are you? Uh, I would say, I would say, I think now I'm probably not the best as I could be. But then I think at my prime, I, I'd say a couple years back, I was, I was diamond. So I would say, uh, if you were to take like a diamond, I think that's like the top one percent. But keep in mind, that wow. Top, but keep in mind that like it may seem it may seem that like wow, that's really really good. But keep in mind that that's like. 1% of like however many, like 2 million, right? Or like uh, 1.5 million. So that's like, that's what, 15,000? Like 15,000? I'm sorry, like maybe 150,000. I'm not, yeah, if I get if my math is correct. So like, I'm still not even close to like the number one, you know? So that's, that's how wide of a gap there is from being the top 1% to the top 0.1% or 0.01%, right? So what's an old retro game that you picked up and played? An old retro gaming that I picked up and played recently? Uh, I actually don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I think that if I were to play an old game again, it'd probably it'd probably be something from my younger days. Probably like an old Final Fantasy game. Like, I don't know Final yes. Fantasy VII remake just came out, but I probably replay Final Fantasy VIII, maybe nine, maybe Seven. ten. Seven, yeah, eight, so. yeah, nine, ten. Yep. Oh man, like I said, my answer to that is like Zelda, dude, Link to the Past. Oh yeah, and awesome mm-hmm. old school game that I picked up. I ever had the best pick. As a kid, yeah, yeah um, a lot of people like that game. I, 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 it's it's crazy how a lot of Nintendo people love like Legend of Zelda. So, with with gaming coming on, you know, it's so huge. It is gaming is ridiculous now. I, I mean, it's as growing up as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. we played it for pure enjoyment. Now it's a sport. There's yep. kids. There's guys like you. There's there's players who are like they're like the Michael Jordan of video game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're making five, six, seven figures, literally making a living mm-hmm. off this. Mm-hmm. Did you see yourself doing that? And re- um, I would say I, I said that I actually never really intended to go into esports. I think a lot. I think if you like take a look at the industry and the people who started in the beginning, I don't think any any of them intended to go into esports unless they wanted to compete or they wanted to win. Um, we take a look at TSM from way back when. Uh, there were just five guys who wanted to try and win the world championship, right? Uh, we take a look at um, old Tekken players from Ray Like They want to win for the glory. They didn't really think about winning for, you know, winning for an esports title or anything. They just want to. They just want to make sure that they were known as the number one and have a legacy behind that. So personally, for me, I never really, I never really thought about pursuing esports until maybe like four years in of the industry, growing up and uh, growing into League of Legends specifically. And I think League of Legends being a big pioneer for that, even though the fighting game community was already established. Uh, in a, uh, in a decent sense, it was more of um, it's more of interesting to see how back in two thousand, I think two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand five, and 
that part developed, uh, not 2004, 2005, like 2008, sorry, 2008 and onwards, all that stuff starting to develop was where it was just the, kind of like the grassroots approach. So uh, now, yeah, I want to I wanna see if I can, I'm still trying to see if I can make a living off esports and content creation and uh, going into commentary. But uh, I think that's what a lot of people in the esports industry wants to do and, you know, find a, find a pathway through there. Keep it up, man. You, you're like a commentary, you're pretty much like a news report just now. A, a little you bit, know? yeah, yeah. You know, if you think if I, that's how I see it, pretty much a news reporter, you you're commentary on all these games, especially these and what you do, you know. And it's just amazing what you do for work, and I'm, mm. I know you're enjoying it. What's yeah. what have you traveled to for work? Uh, I've traveled for uh, to a good amount of places. I think before COVID nineteen uh, hits, I've traveled to for Super Smash Bros. I traveled to, I traveled the most for that game just because uh, for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there's a lot of traveling to be had, especially in the Midwest. And tournaments only happen in uh, in live events. There's no online tournaments or anything like that, just because uh, of how uh, the net code is established in Super Smash Bros. But for Super Smash Bros, I traveled to the farthest I think I've traveled for that would be to Missouri. Yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, that was where I uh, commentated for Smash Bros. 2019. And then for League of Legends, for League of Legends, I ca- I've traveled a good amount so far. I've, I've uh, commentated in. I also come to in Missouri, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, at Purdue University. I'm not too sure where the city was. I wasn't paying attention to the city, but in, at, at Purdue University for Midwest Esports. And then when I was in Iowa, I traveled up to, back to the Twin Cities when I was attending school there to commentate for the Player Up uh, Esports tournament that was happening in Mystic Lake. And, and so, yeah, those are, like, I think the two biggest places uh, I traveled to when it came to, uh, when it came to commentary and, you know, still looking to travel some more or, like, do, uh, more work online awesome seeing see i want to see more from you too mm-hmm. yeah and check you out and uh on every event too as well mm-hmm. uh, another thing i was going to say was leagues of legend wow man it's it's i mean i i play i play a, i play starcraft you yeah. know what i'm saying warcraft mm-hmm. Twin kind of the, yeah the kind of the yeah. kind of the founding fathers that you know of it where yeah, it yeah. is now, but I mean, it's just playing Star Wars, and when I see leagues, I'm like, wow, it was just like, like you know, like uh, StarCraft and Warcraft, but now in a whole new era of gaming and yeah. playing, you know, someone in Japan or playing you locally, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just an amazing game, and I'm pretty sure you had your fair share in StarCraft and Warcraft too, right? I actually never really played. Uh, I I I watch. I actually watched my older brother play StarCraft and Warcraft. Uh, I think uh, I actually think uh, I remember on the N64 StarCraft they had a, Blizzard made a game on the N64 for StarCraft and I, that's where I played it but I never really got into that competitively actually the the first game I got into competitively was League of Legends but for StarCraft and Warcraft uh, I know that uh, I know Korea at the time when they were developing esports was super big at StarCraft one Rude War at the time uh, but yeah those those two games I actually just played mainly for the story because I think that I, I actually really enjoyed the story on both aspects of Warcraft and StarCraft and the lore itself behind everything. But yeah, never really got into a competitive game. I enjoy watching it now, though. I definitely enjoy watching StarCraft 2 now, knowing that I have a good grasp of what's been going on. At WarCraft 3, uh, I mean, Reforged to come out. I don't, I don't know if they're ever going to be making that into a competitive game, but uh, there's, a lot, um, there's a lot of things that you have to balance in WarCraft 3. But yeah, those, those games, I definitely, I de- those are definitely throwback games that I really enjoy. With leagues, let's go back to leagues now. What's what's the common? What's the most character you play in there, man? On League of Legends? Yeah, and why? Yeah. Uh, 
I think I think when I when I played a lot, it was I'm I don't know, I'm like I'm a guy who likes who likes a lot of flavors too. So so like okay, I play mid lane, but then I play like a lot okay. of a lot of characters in mid lane, and a lot of my commentary buddies who are online uh, know know me for like picking super wonky counter picks. So <laughs> I think historically my favorite character has always been Kassadin. But then okay. nowadays, nowadays I'm just down to play whatever at this point, just because it's fun and and I and I want to try out new things. So I'm more of like, I'm more like kind of like a game tester at this point when it comes to just playing with the friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I probably play league. My brother played league. I probably played maybe more a small hand at times, too, but never mm-hmm. got really big to it. Into it. And, uh, I'll find myself going back to Warcraft with the old school. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Dude, what's your take on hackers, man? Hackers and cheaters. You know, with uh, PC, you know, there's <laughs> you know endless possibility. Dude. What you what you saying there? I mean, of course. I mean, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty obvious that like hackers and cheaters are are you know are like done upon. I, it's, it's very it's very obvious that like you shouldn't have hackers and cheaters in games, right? Like the same exact way as if you're playing basketball and like someone made a freaking mechan- like two pairs of mechanical legs. Like the hell, like that doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's that's only all together. Right, so if you have all the hackers and cheaters play against each other, then sure. But then you should be you shouldn't be putting hackers and cheaters in the same game as people who are just playing by themselves. You know, they, yeah, they, they get a taste of their own mask and their own medicine. Just cheaters against cheaters. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, so it's they know what's coming for them only. You know, because I mm-hmm. I'm playing I'm playing Call of Duty for example. You know, the cheater is like you know this guy is shot way fast and he shoots yeah. like miles away. Like this guy. Either he's either he's either he's like the best of the best, or he's cheating, right? So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, but I'm I'm glad there's games that have a quick preview for your death stuff like that, so you can kind of see, you know, if they're cheating or not too. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, I mean, I've never looked into cheating, man. Where do you even start with that? You know, downloading the program or something? I've never it's, looked into it. It's a lot of computer science, and I I have no idea how people do it, but it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, coding and it's a lot of all that other stuff. So, I I you wouldn't want to get into it. I don't know how people do it, but it is an art form. I mean, I mean people. I mean, you already, I mean, you already hear stories of like uh, people, law enforcement hiring people who are who do know how to hack and do know how to cheat systems, so that they can uh, increase security. Right. So, it sounds like a pain for those who are developers too. It's like, yeah, oh man, it another patch. It oh man, there's another patch. Right. Mm-hmm, it is every it's like every day there's always something an update to another patch because they're trying to cover up a cheat that someone picked out mm-hmm. uh whatnot too mm-hmm. but yeah I, it's it's so unfair when you have cheaters and hackers just on there and you're just like i know he's cheating and i just mm-hmm. want to get out of this room or you know group mm-hmm. and uh, hop to a different game that that's just here uh you know it's a good game it's a solid game yeah with uh with leagues it's What's what's the last time you uh, were commentary for leagues? I can't. Oh, I can't. Quarantine. Oh. I mean, prior to quarantine, yeah, actual, actual event. Actual event. Uh, that would that would be at Purdue University, I think. Yeah, that was at Purdue University for the Midwest Esports Conference, and that was my last live event I commentated before COVID hit. Yeah, because I think that was back in February, if I remember correctly. Yeah, back in February was where we did that, and then I think COVID hit like COVID hit like March, March, April. Yeah, that was that was my biggest last live event that I did. How many people was there? Everything ten thousand, five thousand? No, it was actually it was a it was a collegiate event, so it was mainly around 
probably around like 300, 400 at the event itself. Okay. But then, you know, people would watch online because everything would be streamed. So where's the biggest one in Vegas or something? The biggest, uh, the biggest tournament or the biggest? Yeah, the biggest tournament. Uh, the biggest tournaments would always be, well, if, are you taking a look at professionally? Or are you taking a look at mm -hmm. professionally? Mm -hmm. It would just be wherever Riot, Riot hosts events, right? Like Riot, events. Yeah, Riot, one Riot runs like Worlds 20, 2020, right? Those are like the biggest events. Have you personally been to one? I never want. I haven't been to one. I know there one one happened in St. Louis, Missouri. I really wanted to go, but then I I just didn't have the budget to. But I just didn't have the budget to actually attend because tickets were really expensive, pay for a place, you know, and all those things. So I never actually uh, was able to attend uh, the one. Eh, I don't, I'm trying to remember if it was Worlds. I think it wasn't Worlds. I think it was it was it was the North American Finals. But then the last Worlds I think was at Madison Square Garden. I'm trying to remember correctly. Yeah, I think that, that was the last Worlds that happened. But no, I haven't. I never gone on Worlds as of yet. But hopefully they do one. Hopefully after all COVID hits, uh, they'll do one. Uh, do one in North America and somewhere close, so I can actually travel there. It sounds like exciting times. For mm -hmm. sure, you're patiently waiting for it. Yep. Um, as in commentary, how did you come about? I mean, what out of any career? Why did you pick this route? You know. Yeah. Uh, commentary. It's actually a funny story. Um, uh, when I was young in college, I actually, I, I did want to try and compete. And of course, that was when competition was really big. I think that was back then it was season three, season four, when I was like my first year of college. And I really want to try to try to see if I could win. But then I realized that like, I ain't that good at the game. Like, yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm better than average, but like, I ain't the best. Right. Right. So that's where that's where I went. Uh, I took a different route into commentary, and I really want to try it because I think that when I was listening to commentary, it's really cool to be uh, be on air and also to provide insight and also just have a good time with with whoever you're commentating with, right? So that's where uh, I did that event. Uh, that's where I started getting into commentary, and just kind of just can't uh, went from there. I started helping helping with some other people and. Um, just kind of getting back into it, so it's been a lot of fun. You said that you've been doing this for five years now. I've been I've been commentating on and off for five years, but then but then just the past six months is where I've really dedicated time to it towards it. Uh, for further projects, what am I looking to see? Maybe more streaming on Twitch and Discord and stuff like that, or I I have a lot of projects in there actually. Yeah, so um, of course you're gonna of course uh, looking to stream a lot more, looking to commentate a lot more gigs online. But, uh, you know, knowing that this is for Hmong podcast, I actually wanted to try and learn how to commentate in Hmong because, you know, it's just because I know there's a lot of Hmong gamers out there and, you know, and a lot of the old folk don't really know what esports is. So being able to kind of maybe not have, maybe not be able to conversate, uh, conversate, but also be able to be on air and commentate in Hmong so that, so that the older generation can understand is something I think that I want to do. And I'll just be like learning, like a kind of like, kind of like a, how would you say, like a step-by-step -step process on stream, right? So bringing, bringing in a guest who is very fluent among, who is also an entertainer or understands like the value of entertainment and then helping me out and having some fun on, on the, uh, on camera. So that's one. I think I got a project for you to work on. Maybe What's up? having an understanding that your son can be, become a professional commentary or professional gamer. And having your dad or someone else's dad who's going through this with their son. Because mm -hmm. we were that kid, right? That had got our Xbox or you know, whatever Nintendo destroyed. But yeah. like dad, like you could make a living literally doing this. It's like video game. 
you know, you could be the next Jordan. And I think it's to educate the olders. I think one thing to you see where I'm coming from here though. Yeah. 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 I definitely understand. I actually had this conversation with, um, I had this conversation where I went to when I was a keynote speaker for, uh, for HCon back in, back in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back in 2019. Yeah. HCon 2019. And that's where, um, uh, where I was a keynote speaker and people were wondering like how to, how do I push myself as an, as an artist or all these things. That's where, uh, I, I was talking to a lot of the older generation that, or people who, people who are, I guess you could say a little bit older than me, but still pretty fluent in English that whatever your kid is into, like you should try and you should try and help them out as much as they can. Cause you don't know if they're, they're like a really great talent, right? Like you shouldn't try and diminish whatever they're into just because of your own vision. So that, whether that's art, whether that's like dancing, whether that's gaming, whether that's like making music is more of just seeing if you can refine their art form. Right. So that's always something that I try, I try to push for because uh, I try to push for, or if not that, find different avenues for them to be, to think creatively. So like, um, like if we look at, uh, if we look at uh, uh, the Lore Brothers on Kinjas, right? Where mm-hmm. they, where they have done a lot of events. They've done, they do dance classes in LA and they, and people pay for those classes. They've done a lot of shows for, you know, the Indiana Colts, but they also done shows for, they also did choreography for, uh, for League of Legends, for League of Legends and their little music music plan that they did right for uh for uh, true damage so those are where being able to find a creative outlet and being able to find avenues to to generate wealth is something that not a lot of people think about and especially not a lot of people in the older generation and that's something that you should i think everyone should try to do especially when you're young you know like if i fail if i fail at 30 like i can always find an, i can always find a nine-to-five job i think anyone can find a nine-to-five job and like be okay with that when they're 30 but then when you're 20 you really want to be okay finding a nine to five job or do you want to see if you can be the best at what you can be? Right. So that's always something that I, I would want to stress when it comes to people who are, you know, trying to find a place in their world. I love your mindset and I almost have to crank that audio a lot higher when I, you know, we do that recording (laughs) because I really preach what you're you're talking about too, of trying now at whether you're 15 or 20, Mm-hmm. Or maybe in your thirties now, but it's more important getting started now and a lot yeah. sooner than you know, getting older, forty, fifty, sixty, and seven getting regretting that I didn't mm-hmm. try this. Uh, could have yeah. been that professional game player, professional commentary, you know, mm-hmm. for a sport or a ride or whatnot. Yeah. And I can't I'm glad you're preaching the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh and I did see you out H Con and, and you know, listen to it. So mm-hmm. it was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. With with work, you're pretty much as of today. Let's talk about quarantine and today. Are you finding yourself making more content or playing more video games? You know, you yeah. you can't be really at work, you know, work, but you are technically working. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, COVID has been a crazy ride because without COVID, uh, with with COVID, then I wouldn't be making as much. I wouldn't be thinking about making as much content, right? Like. I have all these ideas that I want to get done and that's where all my money is being invested in too, is thinking about what I want to do to get set up. Right. Like I invested, I invested in this camera right now, which is a, which is a mirrorless mirrorless camera that you could, that you could see. Right. It's not like a, it's very, it's not a very standard uh, webcam that you would see, but then I have this, I have like two other cameras set up over here for when I broadcast and I got lighting and all, and all these things. So investing more into the stream and investing more of like making content is something that, you know, being in COVID kind of helps out because you can't really, and, you know, there's no, there's no more, there's no more live gigs that you can go to. 
Uh, and because there's no more live gigs, that means that all the gigs are online. But because all the gigs are online, there's a satur- there's an oversaturation of commentators or people who are making, who are trying to get into the field. And then from there is also, it's also where you have to try and differentiate yourself from the rest, from everyone else, right? And that's where making more content or thinking, uh, make more content or trying to execute on your ideas is very important. So that's like what, that's like, I guess one of the benefits of COVID-19 is that I'm kind of just stuck in here thinking of ideas. And if I don't think of ideas, I'm just kind of sitting here just playing games and just, you know, kind of just losing out on, on, you know, making more stuff. So it sounds like a win-win situation to me. Yeah. You, you, you know, you could just be a turtle. You could hermit up, just like play video games all day and just wait. But, uh, but that's not a good idea if you're, if you're trying to, you know, push yourself. If you're a gamer too, are you like, are you more of an anime fan or comic DC, DC fan or Marvel fan? I enjoy all of it, actually. I enjoy, I enjoy a lot too. of it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy all of it. That's just, that's just, I think that's just nerd culture in general. That's part of gaming. So, you know. <laughs> Gonna nerd it out, dude. Just watch yeah. the anime and play video games yeah. all day. Yeah. Watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've seen that like through 10 times already. Because of <laughs> plus. Like, just put it on the background. Just listen to it. Yeah. That's so awesome, man. You, you know, you are the only, like, moan gamer commentary that actually does this that's what i've heard oh, well yeah that's, that's I, I, I don't i haven't that done it professionally yet. really professionally yeah i won't uh, say professionally i'm not there yet i won't say i'm professional yet i'd say i'd say that i'm i'm may i'm making content or trying to put myself out there the most you know you should put some funny commentary on there too I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about making some funny. You should. Too, we'll, we'll, we'll some see really, that. really funny one. It's just, we'll see. <laughs> you know, this commentary is something hilarious. I got. Yeah, a, I got yeah. a humor. I got. A, I love humor. So yeah. I yeah. love some funny commentary on mm-hmm. uh, the commentary. I got to check that out on whatever channel mm-hmm. you got. Which yeah. one to speak on? You know, these mm-hmm. are the things I was gonna ask you, and these are the last three. What does it mean to be a Hmong man? Um, I actually have this conversation with, uh, one of my buddies who, who competes at a collegiate level and is also looking to go into esports, but in a different, different avenue than I am. Uh, he's more focused on the collegiate aspect of esports. It's more the educational side. Uh, but, uh, he's someone who grew up, who actually didn't grow up within the Hmong community. He actually, he's Hmong, but then he actually doesn't speak a lot of Hmong, right? Uh, I make fun of him a lot and I tease him a lot because, that means that whenever we go to events, whenever we compete, I, we can't talk smack about some other people behind, behind their backs, right? In our language. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, we, we went to an event and we met up with, uh, we met with another one of our friends now uh, to this day, but at that time we didn't really know each other. He was also another, uh, another Hmong person who was, who was competing at a very high level, higher than us at, in, in, at the time in that video game. And uh, that was where, you know, I was super happy that I saw another guy who was Hmong uh, I saw another guy who was Hmong and understood the language and understood our culture because my best friend, even though he is Hmong, he, he knows, he knows a good amount about, about our history, but then he's not really, he doesn't know a lot about, um, you know, the, the, you could say like the community aspect of the Hmong people. And we had a conversation about why I'm proud to see another Hmong person there. And I told him that I think being Hmong, being Hmong is something that, you know, you didn't really have a lot of pride just because the only people you hung out with closely was your family, not, not really friends or like the community. Right. And so that's where I told him that I told him that whenever you see another Hmong person in esports or trying to push themselves in esports or trying to be a competitor or anything like that, that's where, 
even if like even if you guys may have differences it's more of understanding that it's more of understanding that you have is having that respect and also and also understanding that it, yo if he makes it that means that i can make it, that means that other people in the monk community can make it and and being Hmong is being Hmong, i think something that i tease a lot is that Hmong people have a lot of pride and that's something that i always want to uh stress is that that uh having respect for your culture knowing your language knowing the origins of your story and understanding that uh, being being Hmong and having that having that kind of um community behind your back is something that's super important to have so uh, we had that entire conversation in the car right back because he was just so he was he was just conf- i would say you could say confused or like was interested in, in why like whenever i see another Hmong person in esports I get so happy because he doesn't, right? He's like, I don't understand. Like, he's just like a person, right? So, yeah, that's that's what being Hmong is about: is making sure that you uh, have a lot of pride in other people, having a lot of pride in yourself, knowing your culture, knowing your language, and making sure that you know your history. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to ask, "What is Hmong people?" And that's where you have to give them a good old quick history lesson of where we came from. William, you're in your mid twenties now. Yep. What advice would you give the 16, mid-teen-year-old William of becoming a gamer commentary? Uh, if, I were to, if I were to give advice to myself, I would say, I would say don't... When I was younger, I distanced myself from the Hmong community, actually. I still, love, I still love my culture, but I distanced myself from the Hmong community. I would say don't distance yourself from the Hmong community. Understand where they come from and understand how the community operates uh two don't get in fights with your with mom and dad as much just because you like video games this is thing that i did when i was younger um another device is whatever you are whatever it, it, especially in esports if i were to tell my tell my younger self that esports is going to is esports is going to be a gigantic booming industry that a lot of people are investing in then i would tell them that too it's like get your feet wet as early as you can and and start making start thinking about business in esports so to learn out learn about business learn about marketing learn about social media all those things so those, those are the lessons i would teach myself if i was uh if i could go back in time lastly give a, a quick pitch where i can where our fans can listeners can follow you listen to you find you go ahead yeah you can uh you can always find me on a lot of social media platforms twitter Facebook, Instagram, all at Chilling Walk. I have a YouTube channel as well. That's on, that's on Chilling Walk, and then uh, and then I have a Discord community as well. And to find my Discord community, you can come on stream uh, on Twitch or on my Twitter. And there's there'll be a Discord link there if you want to get to know me a little bit more when it comes to video gaming or you know, just hanging out, being a little bit more personal. And I have a pretty cool community there. Uh, just a couple nights ago, we did a Mulan watching night to watch a live action Mulan all together. Uh, we play video games together as well, super late night, and we just talk about stuff. Talk about food because I really like a lot of cooking and all that stuff. So yeah, it's just a just a grand old time. So uh, that's the best places where you can get to know me a little bit more. This is extra. Where'd you get the brand Chilling Walk? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of people, a lot of people actually ask me this. Uh, <laughs> so so Chilling Walk is actually an anagram of my first and middle name, and and a lot of a lot of people who who aren't Hmong wouldn't figure this out really really well because they're like, how the hell do you get Will and like your middle name there? So of course my my name is William or Will and then my middle name yeah, is yeah, Chi Kong. So then in English it's Chi Kong, right? So then you put Will and Chi Kong together and you get Chi Kong. 
That's how I made up. My, <laughs> my, my tag. So William Chi Gong Wo J Dim the Yao Chilling Wok Sun. The first thing I think of when I see chilling wok is a frying pan. It's the first thing I think of is a frying pan. You see they're frying some noodles or something. Yeah, yeah. But we are super thankful and grateful for your time on you. Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. One last thing. We want to give a shout out and DJ Peter for allowing us to use their song and beats. Thank you so much. You can check them out on YouTube.